Yeah, I'm wearing my suit today. It's not something you normally see me in. Years earlier, you know, years earlier, we wore suits to church every Sunday, or at the very least a jacket and tie. We, in fact, we called it, what did we call it? We called it our, our Sunday best. And then we became a little more comfortable. And I think in becoming more comfortable, we kind of became a little more welcoming. But at times, we still save our Sunday best for a, a special occasion. I, I like to call this suit my Marion and Barian suit because that's when I normally wear it when I'm either marrying somebody or burying somebody. But I like to wear it for Easter also. It's, it's a way of saying that this is, a, this is a special day. There's something else we're wearing these days that we didn't used to wear. We're, we're, wearing, we're wearing masks these days. I've been to stores a few times in the last few weeks, and I see a lot of people wearing these, so I finally decided that I needed, if I was going to go out, I needed to have a mask also. I asked Trish to make me this. She made this one for me, and I said, could you make it a Batman mask? I kind of wanted to, if, if little kids were to see me wearing a mask, I wanted them to know it was okay, and I wanted them to know that it might even be kind of fun, so so I had her make me a Batman mask. We We might be... We might be socially distancing ourselves, but, but we long to, to visit. We long to see each other. We long to talk and just share together and, and have a conversation. We long to encounter each other and engage in conversation. And, and, and wearing something like this makes that possible. Encounter and engage. <laughs> Those are the two words that we chose as our theme. For the year 2020 encounter and engage and I have to tell you I worked very hard at picking those words out I mean I prayed about it I studied about it I asked other people about those words I, I consulted others on the images that we would use the the abandoned fishing boat the the cup and the and the loaf and then suddenly we're sheltering in place we're staying home and there is no encounter and there is no engage and it seems like such a contradiction not only to what we've chosen as our theme it seems like a contradiction to who we are and what we're about we are social creatures and it is frustrating for us to be kept apart and then we come to easter we come to the central event of our worship of our faith the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We come to the most important day in human history. And when we look at the Easter story, what's the first thing we see? We see nothing. We see an empty tomb. There is no body of Jesus available. There is no body, whether alive or dead. It's just an empty tomb. And that's what those first disciples encountered. And they engaged in confusion and the strangeness of the story and as we come to easter that's where we have to go we have to engage the story if we are to find the living jesus we're going to be reading today from luke chapter luke chapter 24 the first 12 verses as we have the resurrection story given to us here in luke's gospel let me read this for us but on the first day of the week at early dawn they went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, 
they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women that who, with them who told these things to the apostles. But, but these words seem to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. You know the story. And for, for many of you, it's a story that you've known your entire lives. But for us, it's not just a story that's locked in history and half a world away. Because of our faith, the empty tomb encounters the emptiness that's within all of us. As I said, we've committed to spend 2020 in the Gospel of Luke here at Kansas Christian Church. There's a reason why we chose the words encounter and engage because in Luke's Gospel, that is exactly what Jesus does with the people that He meets. He encounters people. Luke presents Jesus as one who reaches out to the lost, to the hurting, to the hungry, to the rejected, to the ignored, and even to the broken. Luke has Jesus encounter lepers, the untouchable. He encounters tax collectors, the unwelcome. He encounters the possessed, the unclean. But rather than reject them or ignore them or just walk on by, Jesus encounters them face to face. And then we come to the Easter story. And Jesus isn't here. And all that they encounter is emptiness. All that they encounter is the empty tomb. Not not just an empty tomb, though. They encounter their empty hearts because all of the hope that they had had in Jesus, it's, it's gone. They had hoped that He was coming in power. They had hoped that He was coming with force to, to rule. But now all of that is dead. And, and it's strange because there they are at that empty tomb Luke says that there were two men there in the tomb. They're obviously not ordinary men. Luke says they are dressed in dazzling apparel. I would have to say probably even more dazzling than my Marian and Variant suit. And what do these men tell them? Verse 5, as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you remember how he told you remember what he said were, were they even listening remember how he told you and he had told them he had told them repeatedly he had told them repeatedly that they would be he would be going to to jerusalem they would be going with him that he would be rejected that he would be put on trial that he would be beaten and abused that he would be killed and then on the third day he would raise 
again. But either they couldn't hear that, they couldn't understand that, or, or maybe they didn't want to hear that. Maybe they wanted to hear that everything was going to be fine. Maybe they wanted to hear that everything was just going to keep getting better and better, that there would be no pain, that there would be no rejection, uh, that, they, uh, that they wouldn't reject Him, and that there would certainly not be death. You know, there's, there are other kinds of masks that we wear. There are masks that we wear not to protect ourselves, but to, but to hide ourselves. There are masks that we use to hide the parts of ourselves that, that we don't want to see and that we certainly don't want anyone else to see. We wear masks to hide our insecurities, to hide our emptiness, to hide our brokenness. We wear masks to hide our failures, to hide our sins. You hear, hear the angel for you. Hear the angel in the empty tomb for you. Remember how he told you. Remember how he told you. Every now and then we need those reminders, those reminders of things that we can't see, maybe things that we aren't allowed to see about ourselves, maybe things that we've been prevented from seeing. Reminders that, that we are loved, reminders that we are forgiven, reminders that you are valued, that God loves you, that he cares for you. Reminders of how Jesus emptied himself to encounter us, to show us that we are loved. Easter doesn't just call us to encounter the empty tomb, but to encounter the emptiness that's inside of us. So what what is it that we're missing? What is it that, we're need, that we need? You know, Easter, Easter tells us that also. Easter calls us to engage the promises of the living Jesus. Encounter and engage. You see those words in the way that Jesus interacts with people through the Gospel of Luke. He encounters people along the road and then He engages them. He encounters people along the road. He, he touches them. He heals them. He forgives them. And then very often, Jesus engages those people. He sits down and shares a meal with them. I've mentioned this several times. The word table is used in the Gospel of Luke more than any other book of the Bible. Sixteen times Jesus, uh, Luke, Luke has Jesus at the table. Jesus meets Levi, the tax collector, and he engages him at the table. Luke has Jesus going to Simon the leper's house where a woman anoints Jesus' feet with perfume and Jesus engages her. A little later here in chapter 24, two men from Jerusalem are on their way to the little town of Emmaus and they encounter Jesus along the road and what does he do? They sit down and they share a meal and he engages them at the table. You know, in our day, we use the word engage pretty much exclusively. Well, not exclusively, but very often for, for one thing as a precursor to marriage, don't we? When we hear the word engage, we think about someone that's been promised in marriage. We talk about getting engaged. We talk about you're ready to take the next step. In engagement, we are linked to someone. We are promised to them. You know, the Easter story links us to Jesus. The, link, the Easter story engages the promises that he has for us. 
Jesus isn't present in that empty tomb. He's not there to engage his disciples. The disciples, instead of engaging with Jesus, they engage with the story. They engage with the wonder. Uh, They engage with what has happened, what they see, and what they've heard. Verses verses 8 and 9 tell us, and they remembered. (laughs) They remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to the rest. They told the story. They engaged the story. Verse 10 goes on and says, Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. Again, they told what they had seen. And in telling, there were different reactions. Verse 11 tells us some of them didn't believe. Some of them said it was just an idle tale. And then verse 12 says, Peter rose and ran into the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves. And he went home marveling at all that had happened. Peter checked it out for himself. Peter's reaction, he goes home marveling and wondering about what he's seen. There are people in your life who don't know what to make of the Easter story. They're really not sure what they believe about Jesus. Why? Why? Because, well, they've, they've never really encountered the story for themselves. They've never really encountered Him for themselves. They've never come to that point of allowing Jesus to see the emptiness that's inside them so that He could fill them. They've never engaged those promises. And so it might just sound like an idle tale to them. They might think it's just a myth. They might think it's all just sweet old stories. They've never taken a closer look. They've never stepped in like Peter and, and allowed their confusion and allowed their, uh, their bewilderment to become wonder, to become marveling. But you know, they, they know you. And they have encountered you. They have engaged you. Your friends love you. They trust you. They know you. They're your friends. Social distancing or not, they are your friends and they long to be with you. What, what will you show them when you're together? You know, in, in Romans chapter 3, verse, verse 14, Romans chapter 13, verse 14, Paul encourages us to put on. Put on, he says. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. The, the language that he uses is, Well, it's maybe like putting on a suit, dressing yourself in in Christ, or maybe it's even like putting on a mask, covering yourself with Christ so that when others see you, they see Jesus. When they see the way you love them, they're really seeing the way Jesus loves them. When they see the way you care for them, they're really seeing the way that Jesus cares for them. The last couple of weeks, more and more people have been wearing these masks I mean, now you, you go to the if you have to go to the store, if you have to go out, you kind of feel like the odd man out if you're not wearing a mask. And, and I know the jury's still out on how helpful these really are. Do they make a difference? I don't know. But I can tell you this. I feel like I'm loving my neighbor better when I'm wearing this when we're talking. I feel like I'm loving my neighbor in a better way because I'm, I'm demonstrating 
to those I come in contact with that I, I care about them, that I care about their health, I care about their safety. I think about our faith. I think about what we believe. I would love to believe that simply yelling, Jesus is alive! He is risen! I would love to believe that that in itself makes a difference. And yet the difference comes when I'm willing to put on Christ. When I'm willing to clothe myself in Christ. When I'm willing to wrap myself in His love and allow my friends and allow my neighbors to to encounter Jesus in me with the way that I engage with them. You know, Luke simply tells us in verse 12, Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping in, stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves. That's what Luke tells us. John in his gospel, John was there also, and John fills in a few more details. In John chapter 20, verses 6 and 7, John says that Simon Peter came, following him, following John. Simon Peter came and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there and the, and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. This is kind of a grim thought. But... Uh, it's, it was common in those days to tie a cloth over the face of a, of a dead person. Uh, you would tie it from the top to the chin, and the purpose of that cloth was to hold the mouth closed. Uh, again, this, you may know that after death, the muscles relax, and very often a person's mouth will open. And, and even today, morticians will, will wire the jaw shut for a viewing so that the body looks more presentable. Peter looks in, and he finds that cloth that would have held Jesus' mouth shut, that would have kept him looking like he was somewhat alive. He finds that cloth folded up and lying by itself. Why? What's the significance? The significance is that cloth is only needed if Jesus is dead. That cloth is only needed if Jesus' body has expired, but Jesus is alive. There are a lot of us going around these days with, cloths on our faces and i i hope these are temporary i hope this is just for a little while i hope we don't have to continue to do this i hope the day will come when we're going to be able to be together again when we're going to be able to <clears throat> to shake each other's hands when we're going to be able to hug again when we're going to be able to see each other face to face see the whole face and and greet each other with a smile but you know the greatest promise we have is of eternity together Eternity free of sickness. Eternity free of COVID-19. Free of disease and free of death. That promise of eternity is seen in that cloth that had covered Jesus' face. And what He had taken on for us. Had taken on humanity. And then what He took off for us. He took off your sin. He took off your guilt. He took off your shame. All through the Gospel of Luke, Jesus engages people at the table. And a little later in this chapter, two disciples are walking to Emmaus, and Jesus comes along, and somehow, somehow it's almost like he's got a mask on. They don't recognize Jesus. And they talk on the way, they encounter him on the way, they talk, and then they go to share a meal 
And Jesus breaks the bread and suddenly it's like the mask comes off and they can see Him and they engage Jesus there. And today, this resurrection day, this Easter day, I want to invite you, wherever you are, let your, let your table become Jesus' table. Let your table be that place where you, your family, your friends encounter Jesus today. And in taking the bread, in taking the cup, we don't just encounter Jesus for ourselves. We engage those who are around us, that He may be seen in us, that He may be seen in the way that we love, in the way we love Him, and in the way we love others. Will you pray with me? And then let's take together. Let's pray. Father, we love You. And thank You so much for the promises that we have through Christ. We're reminded by the, by the bread and the cup. We're reminded that those promises were not cheap, that they cost Jesus His life, His body broken just as the bread is broken, His blood spilled just as, as the cup reminds us of that. Father, we're reminded of the cost, but Lord, we're reminded today of the empty tomb. We're reminded of the victory over the grave. We're reminded of victory over sickness, over death, and the promise that we have of eternal life. Lord, it's a wonderful promise. and We love it so much. But it would be wrong for us to keep that to ourselves. And so help us to put on Christ, to wrap ourselves in Him, and to let people see the love of Jesus through us. This week, wherever you take us, wherever, wherever we're able to go and allowed to go, I pray that the love of Christ is seen in us all. To His glory. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Thank you. God bless.